Welcome back to Other People's Lives. Welcome back to another episode, and we'll jump right into what we're talking about today because I'm sure the title is a bit jarring yeah. uh, of today's episode, and I think it goes without saying that you know it might not be the easiest conversation we're about to have, and that I think we wish it was a conversation that wasn't even possible to have, right. you know? Uh, but with that said, today we're speaking with a survivor of the Las Vegas shooting uh, that happened on October 1st, 2017, uh, when a gunman who was on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel opened up fire on a crowd uh, that was attending the Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival. And to date, it's the deadliest mass shooting committed by a single individual in the United States. 58 people were killed, uh, 851 injured, 422 of them from gunshot wounds. Uh, the shooter fired more than 1,100 rounds uh, of ammunition on the crowd below, and the shooting itself lasted a total of 10 minutes. Uh, it's just crazy, I think, to think of to think that being present for a mass shooting is, you know, a real thing that we have to think about in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know, recording this episode, the the Vegas shooting is coming up on you know two years now. Um, but even with El Paso recently and, uh, you know, a ton of mass shootings has ha- have happened since then. Uh, and it's just, it's kind of just a crazy, you know, reality that we live with, you know, around the world, especially in America. Um, so, you know, today we're going to speak to a woman who reached out to us. She's a survivor of these events and she, you know, just wants to share her story of what it was like experiencing that and how it, you know, changed her going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Vegas is a place that me and my friends, like, have been to. I've been there maybe five times. Like, we used to go every single summer. When something like this happens, it's kind of it's kind of scary to think, like, you know, obviously it's possible to for, you know, any sort of thing like this to happen anywhere. But when it happens in a specific place that you feel like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you frequent that place in the summertime. You know, like, I, I you feel like, you know, that could have happened to anybody or that could have happened to us. Like when you, when me and my friends are looking around, you know, it's, it's just, it's just wild to, to think about. And obviously it was like a horrible, uh, you know, thing that happened, but I can only imagine, you know, what that's like. And I, I think hearing from an actual survivor of, you know, a, a mass shooting, um, is important. I feel like people should, should hear that point of view and it not come from someone who, is speculating or they have some political agenda towards it or whatever. We just want to hear like, you know, the story, what's it like, what's the, you know, the real thing. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a fantastic point. I think, you know, it's just someone whose life was truly affected by this and, and whose life could have ended, you know, Mm -hmm. and because of these events. Uh, But yeah, it's just interesting. I think too, it's almost impossible to think about, you know, how you would react in situations like this. Yeah, that's not something that you have an answer for until There's it happens. No answer. You know? yeah. Like you could have an answer of like, oh, I, I would run or I would do this or I'd do that or I would try to help people. But you don't know until your, you know, your life's on the line and like there's just chaos come like around you. You have no idea how you're going to react. So it's just one of those situations that you hope you're never in and you don't know how it's going to go either way. You know, it's just the unknown before we get to our call let's get to our first sponsor um luckily uh now there's honey which is a free browser extension that saves you time and money when shopping online uh it scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts uh and then like magic it automatically applies with one of the biggest savings to your um cart at checkout uh so without even knowing 
it's saving you money. Okay, so it's it's you know, and, and it's, it could be for anything. There's twenty thousand sites like Amazon, Macy's, J Crew, uh, Domino's, Sephora, Target, and there's tons more. Uh, there's really no reason not to use it. It's free to use. It installs on your computer in just two clicks. So you can get it for free at joinhoney.com/opl. That's joinhoney.com/opl. Hello. Hey, how's it going? You got Greg and Joe here. Hi, how are you guys? We're good. Um, so we just gave a little bit of an intro, but you know, from your, you know, personal experience, I kind of just wanted to get a little bit of the, you know, the background of the story. Can you kind of just tell us about you know, what your Vegas plans were and kind of the moments leading up to going to the concert. Yeah. So, I mean, day three was definitely a day that we were kind of going to each stage, running around to make sure we saw everybody that we wanted to. Um, And then, I mean, that night we were not actually planning to stay the whole time because we had all seen Jason Aldean. So we were just kind of hanging out, staying kind of towards the middle, towards the back. Um, And then actually my friend that I was with, she needed to go to the bathroom. Um, So she ran off. And then my other friend that we were with wanted to go as well since we were actually about to leave. Um, And then I just went with them because I wasn't going to stay by myself. So they gave me all of their things and went to the bathroom. And I'm hanging out outside the big porta potty area. And um, all of a sudden I hear what I thought were fireworks. And I didn't really think too much of it since it's Vegas. You kind of never know what's going to go on. Um, just kind of summed it up to be fireworks. And then I saw people running towards me cause I was towards an exit and people just start running and I hear it again. And I've never been around guns, but something clicked in my mind saying those are gunshots. And so then I started looking for my friends. So then that way we could all pair group back up and, get out of there and one of them was wearing a white cowboy hat and I started looking for that and I didn't see it um so I go all right I can't wait anymore and at this time I thought that it was somebody in like the ground so like in with the concert with everybody and since I was towards an exit I knew all right a shooter's gonna go for numbers I need to get away from the crowd. And so I jumped in the porta potties to get away from the exit, just to get away from the crowd. And um, I'm crouching down behind the porta potties in this, and I'm with this other girl, and she's just screaming. And I'm thinking, you know, if somebody's in here and she's screaming, they're going to know that we're here. And so I just, I grabbed her and I shook her and I go, You got to be quiet, but where are your friends? And she just looked at me and she just had this blank stare and screamed again and i told her all right you need to be quiet but get in the porta potty behind you and lock the door or just lean up against it something just get in so nobody can see you and so she did and i ran down to another one and just held the door shut because 
I knew if I lock it, they're going to know that I'm in here. I just need to hold it shut. And I was actually um, just sitting in there and I hear bullets hitting the fence behind me. And I go, all right, I'm not going to just sit here and essentially be a sitting duck in a plastic Dixie cup. If I'm going to get shot, I'm going to run, be doing something about it. So I kind of wait for there to be like a lull in the shots and I go running towards the exit. And at this time I'm on the phone with the guy I was dating at the time. Um, cause he was in the military and I knew, all right, he's going to be able to tell me what to do. And I still have all my friends stuff just slung in one arm and I'm running behind, um, a building and I can still hear shooting going on. And I'm on the phone with him and I'm just yelling at him that I just don't want to die. I don't want to get shot. And he's trying to talk me through it. And then something clicked with me that I didn't know where any of my friends were and I didn't wait for them. And I broke down crying and he is telling me that I, I can't think about that right now. And so he, he's just saying my name over and over again. And I don't remember this part, but I talked to him about it later. And he said, you just kind of heard me take in a breath and that I had clicked back in of, all right, I need to do what I'm going to do. And I start running and I just run through the parking lot and there's like a, a bicyclist, a bicycle cop. And he's like telling everybody where to go. And I'm just, I keep running and I actually run and I run into Hooters and I always find that kind of funny that that's the one I chose. <laughs> um, and we're, we ran into the, like I ran into the casino. I'm with a bunch of other people and we run into the casino and um, we'll actually just kind of like take a step back as I'm running through the alley to get to the Hooters. The shots are bouncing, like not the actual shots, but the sound of the shots are bouncing off the buildings. And so I thought at that time I was running towards a second shooter. Um, but I just knew I had to get away from the one. I didn't know if there was another where I was going, but it sounded like there was. So we run into the casino and you see all the workers kind of look very confused as to why everybody's running in. Um, and so we're running and I just kind of stop and I'm looking around of like an exit, but casinos are crazy insane to try and get out of. Um, and then somebody comes running from the left across like left and then further back into the casino saying someone's in here. And so we all run towards an exit, like towards the pool and not going to lie at this point, I'm running over people because I'm by myself separated from my entire group. So I'm by myself and I'm just trying to get myself to safety. And so we run further back and then get into the gym and I'm just crouching down behind this like leg machine. 
and but there's mirrors everywhere and there's big windows to my left and as I'm sitting there the left side of my body just kind of went numb and I kind of just pertain that to be my because I was thinking they're going to come right here and they're going to shoot right in because I thought somebody was in the casino and my left side of my entire body went numb and I just kind of think that was my body preparing to get shot on that side and so I'm sitting in there and then my friend's dad because he was at the concert with us as well starts calling my friend's phone trying to find her and I keep having to tell him you need you need to call our other friend you need to call her because she's not with me but she's with our other friend and um but the connection was so bad he couldn't hear me and so he's keep calling me and that's all I can do is tell him that um and then he finally heard me and it was fine there and then um as I'm sitting in the gym I just everybody in there is screaming and I'm looking around and I'm like okay there's so many windows and mirrors no matter where I'm at they're going to see me I'm not staying here so I got up and went further back into the building and it got to a uh, a service hallway and this was actually the first time that I saw somebody that had gotten shot um he had I mean I don't mean to get graphic but I'm just kind of going off of my memory and it's very I guess vivid um but he had been shot in the head and had blood all down his face all down his arms and had a blood soaked towel to his head and I kind of stopped and that was when it was this is real this is actually happening but at the same time he was walking and talking so I wasn't worried about him um so I was like got to keep going so when I got in the service hallway uh, a lot of people were staying there just to be out of the way but my thought was there was a back door they're gonna come in there and let loose in here because they're gonna know people are in here so I go further back and uh, got into the housekeeping closet essentially and there was a service elevator and there was a group of people getting on the elevator. I just asked them, where are you guys going? And they said, we're just getting up off the ground floor. And I said, perfect, I'm coming with you. So we got there, got to the 15th floor, and we all get out. And there's a guy standing for the regular elevators with um, a duffel bag. And... We asked him, where are you going? And he's, I'm leaving. I'm going to go check out. Like, why? And we told him what was going on. Like, you're not leaving. This is what's going on. Do you still have your room key? And he did. And he led us into his room. And he went into his room with us. And so it was a group of five of us. Um and we're all in his room and we barricaded the door with all the tables and the chairs that are in the room and had all the lights off and we're all just 
sitting there kind of getting updates mainly through Twitter um, that had the best updates. And I was still on the phone with the guy I was dating um, and he and his friend had pulled up a scanner to see what was going on. And at that time, even the law enforcement thought that there were at least two shooters. Um, and so I was in that room until around three o'clock in the morning. Um, and my friends and their parents had all made it back to our hotel room, which was on the other side of the strip. Um, and I was waiting essentially for the all clear from law enforcement to feel comfortable leaving the room. Um, and then one of my friend's dads walked back to the hotel and met me at, at the bottom, at the ground floor. And, um, so I was the first one to leave the room and I kind of got everybody's numbers cause they were all wanting to know when and if it was an all clear to leave. Um, so I met up back with my friend's dad and we had made it back to the hotel. Um, but I remember on my way back to the hotel, there were people leaving some sort of event, um, but a nicer event, like kind of tuxes. And they were just staring at me. Um, cause I don't think they even knew what was going on either. Um, but I mean, everything kind of settled down and got back to norm. I'd say normal, but meaning everybody else had fallen asleep. I've honestly like just hear hearing that I've never, like, I have genuinely felt so much anxiety building up inside of me. Yeah. Listening to that to like, in, like my throat was tight. Um, and obviously, I mean, so sorry that you even had to go through that. And I think that just puts in perspective how unimaginable it is to just even put yourself in that position, you know, like to try to imagine yourself in that position. And, and I mean, I think it goes without saying too. just obviously thank you for, you know, even coming on to share that story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, definitely changed me as a person but I think it's been almost for the better um and I'm hoping that even this can maybe help somebody else that's out there that has gone through something like this no totally yeah and I you know we I think we definitely do want to get into that of kind of some of the the aftermath but I'm just kind of like rehashing the story you just told one of the questions I had when you were telling it was you said something about at one, I think you were like, at this point I was basically running over people. Um, how, like, how does that work with crowds? Because that's what I was wondering. I, I heard so many people got injured just from, I think the mass chaos of a crowd just kind of like trampling each other and running. Like is, was there any organization to it or like when people realize like, okay, now we're in danger. Is it just pure chaos at that point? It's definitely pure chaos and it's not really thinking about what you're truly doing because I didn't realize at that time I was running over people to get out. Um, 
it was just, as I looked back, it was, I actually ran over people. Um, it's one of those things you'd never thought that you would do. You would think that you would be helping those that have fallen down because of the crowds rather than running over them to get out. Yeah. And I definitely didn't mean it like that. I mean, trust me, like, I think I'd be (laughs) running over a lot of people in that situation, but I think it, it did seem like you were able to help some people and talk to people along the way. I mean, just from like being in the porter potty and helping that girl just kind of like calm down. Um, were you surprised by like any clarity that you had or like, I just, I feel like in that situation it would almost be a blur or like my mind would go numb. Yeah. I I was also like sort of impressed with the fact that you had the wherewithal to kind of think like, I can't lock this door because someone will know that I'm in it. So I just have to hold it shut. It's just kind of wild how your mind like, thinks that way in such a chaotic moment. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, definitely one of the things that I never thought that I would have that clarity to do that. And it's, you know, being able to remember all of that. I've talked to some of my other friends that were there. They don't remember a thing. They say there's nothing there. I remember when it started and where I ended up. Um, And then there's other people that they remember everything just like I do. Um, But it's, I don't know why or how I had that kind of wherewithal to talk myself through it and get out of the crowd to not be one of the numbers, um, to hold it shut, to then just keep moving I don't like that part I really have no explanation for I've never been in any sort of situation like that that I would need to have that kind of wherewithal did you ever find out you know what your friends did in that moment were you guys near each other or did you guys run in complete separate directions we actually went in similar directions um they went to a little bit of a closer hotel and hid um in the kitchen there and they were able to pair up very quickly um because they were both in the porta potties so i think they were able to meet up by whichever way they they went out so but they were they moved much faster than I did. Um, I kind of stayed in one spot until I felt okay and then moved. They more or less kept moving um, because they were also the first ones back to the hotel room. Right. Yeah, it must be crazy too just where your mind takes you kind of uncontrollably because we were talking about it before. Like if we heard the sounds of gunshots, which is not something we hear in our everyday lives, like, what would we think it was? I think Joe said, like, oh, I'd probably think the speakers were malfunctioning or something. I think you said you thought it was fireworks. Uh, obviously, your mind doesn't go straight to, you know, this is gunshots. Or, I mean, maybe now people's minds do go there, unfortunately. Um, but, like, what... So you said that you thought it was someone on the ground and then at some point two people so like in your in your mind do you almost have a vision of like like it almost sounds like a horror movie like you have a vision of 
like a, a lone shooter or multiple shooters just kind of walking through the crowd? Like, are you painting a picture of who these people are in your mind that you think are doing the shooting? Um, I did when I was over in the porta potties. In my mind, it definitely was that like horror movie, typical bad guy looking. I just pictured black hoodie, black pants, and a big gun. Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of walking through the crowd slowly. And so I think maybe that's why I thought I had time to kind of stay put and then run rather than constantly running. Did you ever uh, figure out where it was actually coming from or did you just run and you never like saw like, oh, that's where the, sh the, the bullets are coming from or did you just, you didn't see at that time, you didn't find out until later? I didn't find out until later um, because the, I mean, the way that I was running, it was behind me. I never had a chance to look up and didn't even think to look up rather than at the crowd. Um, so it was definitely something that I found out later. Um, I think it was once I got back to the hotel room that I found out where it was coming from. Right. And also, can you kind of describe, you know, the feeling you said you were the first to leave that room? I'm, I'm imagining like if it's me, I'm, I'm very on edge and, and kind of, you know, hyper analyzing everything around me as soon as I leave the room to, to meet up with your friends that I believe you said. Can you kind of describe that feeling of, you know, opening the door and, you know, kind of making your way downstairs to meet up with him? Yeah, so. When I first opened the door, I mean, before I even opened it, I'm checking the peephole really as far left and as far right as I could. And then when I opened the door, I kind of peeked my head out, looked right, and I went back in just to kind of wait a minute. And then peeked left, went back in, waited a minute, and then it was, all right, I'm just going to have to go at this point. And so I went. Um, and got to the elevators and I am very on edge at this point because I have no idea if there could be somebody literally just walking the halls. Um, so I got on the elevator and pressed for lobby and it went down a few floors and then it stopped at another floor. And I got very scared at that point. Um, and I mean, it actually ended up just being somebody else from the concert. Um, he got on and I saw his bracelet and I just didn't say anything, but he looked at me, saw my bracelet and just asked, did everybody get out? And I said, yes. Did everybody get out in your group? He said, yes, we did. And that was it. And then the doors opened for the lobby and my friend's dad was there. And that was a very relieving and emotional hug of just, I'm with somebody now. Yeah. Um, and we went walking through the lobby and there's still a ton of people in the lobby. And I remember seeing this yellow, almost like very thick cotton blanket. Um, but it had Sesame street on it, but it was soaked in blood. So somebody 
had used that to stop their bleeding. Um, and then the next thing I remember was going through the alley and having the people just stare at me and my friend's dad and then getting to, um, my hotel room and they all gave me a huge hug. Um, and they were just thankful that I was back. Um, one funny part there was, I was like, yeah, like, I'm alive. And my friend, she goes, yeah, I can smell that you're alive. Like, I'm glad you're here, but I can smell that you're alive. <laughs> how, how, uh, how much time did you spend in that room? And what was, you know, the, what was the reason why you're like, okay, I think it's safe enough to, to leave right now. Was it something you checked on Twitter of like, they, you know, they're the, I, I don't know. Like what, what was, what was the reason why you're like, okay, I'm going to go. And uh, how how long after uh, the shooting ended did you end up leaving the room? So I think I spent probably three or four hours in the room. Um, and so I had one of my friend's phones and then the other friend had kept her phone. And so we were texting through my like the phone that I had and um my other friend's phone we were keeping in contact there um and because they had the news on and so they were able to see a lot more than I was and it was between um my friends giving me updates and through Twitter um that I was able to see when the all clear was and once I had the all clear there and knowing that my friend's dad was coming. It was as soon as my friend's dad was in the lobby. That's when I finally was like, I just, I have to leave now. Um, but I definitely waited for the all clear on Twitter and for them to say that even the news was saying everything was all clear. How long did it take you to really process what had happened and, and, you know, kind of get that full picture, you know, of the night and, really realize what type of danger you are in? Um, it was a slow process. It was definitely not even, I mean, the next day I was slowly processing what had happened. I was a lot more on edge, but I hadn't fully processed exactly what had happened. I didn't realize how much I had seen and how much my brain truly took in until um i started going to therapy which was uh, a few months after it had happened a few or a few weeks um because so we had gotten back that monday i went back to work on tuesday because my thought process was nothing happened to me, nothing happened to the people around me, meaning the people I knew there. So I just need to keep myself busy. I, that wasn't the healthiest way to do it, but that's the only way I thought would help. Um, I had made it through half the day at work and my supervisor had sent me home because she could see that I was not processing it. And it, and then I went, to a few therapy sessions and they did a, um, I forget what it's called. I want to say it's an EDMR 
therapy. Um, but what they do is they put headphones on you. There's a light bar in front of you and these little vibrating like pads that you put in your hand and they all go in time to the light. So the light goes across this bar and you just track it with your eyes. And then as it hits each end of the bar, there's a sound that goes off in the headphones and vibrating that goes on in your hands. And when I had the sound, that's when I, a lot more started coming back. That's when I could hear when the guy I was dating at the time, um, that's when I could hear him saying my name. That's when I could hear people screaming. And so she took those right off. She goes, we're not going to deal with that. And then I realized how much I saw when I went to a different therapist. It actually is one of, it's a family friend. So our therapy sessions are pizza and beer. And he just kind of talks me through things. Um, but he had me go through the night backwards. So from when I got ready for bed that night until the beginning of when my friends went to the bathroom. And that's when I realized how much I saw and how, what I had all gone through and how much my brain had taken in. Um, so it was definitely a slow process to realize everything that I had been through. Yeah, definitely. And would you say, I mean, I'm sure there were true effects after this. Like, would you say PTSD or just heightened anxiety? Like what, what were some of the things that you kind of felt over time? Um, definitely both. Um, I've always had anxiety, so that's not something that just came on with it. Um, it added to it, but I was diagnosed with PTSD. It is very slight. It is more to crowds and sounds. So I don't do well with crowds. I get very anxious and very on edge because I cannot see what is going on and I can't see if somebody has something um and then for sounds I don't do fireworks anymore um I was actually out to dinner with my parents a few weeks ago and out of nowhere somebody had lit off firecrackers and I got up pushed chairs out of the way and started to run until I kind of came to and realized that it was just firecrackers and I just kind of broke down and my parents saw it and they asked, you know, what they could do. And there's really nothing to do, at least for me. Um, I just have to breathe through it and know that I'm okay. And I'm on edge really for a while. Um, but I would say those are really my two are just crowds and um, fireworks, really anything with sound like that. Yeah. Have you been to a concert since or no? I've been to one and it was actually, um, the one year anniversary weekend and it was actually Jason Aldean. Um, and that's the only reason I went is a kind of a tribute to everything. Um, I went with the same group that I went to route 91 with. And it was definitely a closure. There were a lot of survivors there. 
Um, and we, the amount of just community and love that was shown there between survivors was mind blowing. Um, everybody's going up to everybody because just about everybody that had been at Route 91 had some sort of Route 91 shirt on. Um, and so you were able to see who needed comforting, essentially. And a lot of people came up to me and they just said, can I just give you a hug? This is, I, is this your first concert since? Um, there were other people that it was their first concert and they kind of did use the one year as their excuse to go to a concert. Um, yeah, that that's incredible to hear. Wow. That is the only one I've been to. That like, you know, for two things, one, for lack of a better word, that is the most gangster shit I've ever heard in my life of being like, this is the one year guy who was on stage and you go with the same group and all those people showed up. Just hearing your story, I don't even know if I would be able to do something like that after something like that happened. So, you know, my hat's off to you, you know, for even doing that. And that's an incredibly cool. And it's awesome to hear that everyone came together as a community. Like, that's so fucking cool. Um, and I also had a, a question, you know, before you had mentioned that this may have changed you uh, for the for some better, like for the better also. Can you explain how, um, you know, an event like this? like a traumatic event like this kind of changes you for the better? Yeah, it's, I mean, the only way that I can think of it is that it makes me view life very differently. Um, you really never know when your last day is going to be. And when it's your time, it's your time. Um, and so it's a matter of, if you want to do something, you got to do it and rather than put it off. And I've been able to be more level headed. Um, it's, I've been able to be there for other people in different ways, but also be able to step back and say, I don't have the emotional energy for this right now. Um, so it's, it's just really opened me up and showed that I can be stronger than I thought I was. Cause I've always been a very emotional person and really the one needing other people. And that night I definitely flipped. Um, I was there for other people. I didn't think of myself. I just thought, I just, okay, I know. My friends are okay. Um, you know, once I had gotten to a certain point, then it was okay. Now it's now it's time to kind of regroup myself. Definitely, and it I, you, it shows from the story that you told. I mean, just that that entire sequence of events. Um, it just it seemed like you were able to tap into something. Just, I guess, just a strength that maybe even if you didn't know that you had at the time, you know, now, you know, it's definitely inside of you and you might find it interesting too. actually, after we booked this call with you, uh, we got a couple emails from other people, um, with the same subject that had actually attended the route 91 concert. So, you know, we know for a fact that there's others, oh. uh, who are there that are listening to this right now. 
Well, it's, I'm glad to hear that, you know, other people are also listening to this and that they also want to tell their story. So that's really great to hear. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on and, and, and talking with us. I know, it, you know, it's probably not the easiest thing to talk about and it's a very, you know, traumatic thing. So we really do appreciate it. And I'm sure it's, you know, helpful in some ways to some people. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate you guys having me on here to tell it. No, of course. And is there anything that you did want to leave listeners with before we go? That, I mean, definitely the biggest thing that my therapist has told me is that it's okay to not be okay. You're going to have days that you're not okay. Um, But to reach out to people because it's much better and much easier just to reach out for help because somebody's going to be there for you. And I know a lot of people still live and have lived with the survivor's guilt, but there's a reason that you're still here. And that reason may not be here right now, but it's going to smack you right in the face. And you just need to take that opportunity to take that. Amazing. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have a couple more sponsors, which is Blue Chew. Uh, Blue Chew brings the first chewable uh, with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Uh, It's not only for people that may have some sort of erectile dysfunction, but also for people that want better performance, and the performance could always be better. So, And also, Blue Chew is prescribed online, stripped straight to your door in a discreet package, uh, there's no in-person doctor visit, you know, it's or waiting in the pharmacy or something weird. Nothing weird awkward. Experience. Yeah, no awkward experiences. Uh, and they're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're, so they're, they're cheaper than a pharmacy as well. Um, and right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our promo code OPL. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that is Blue Chew, spelled B-L-U. E-C-H-E-W dot com and use the promo code OPL to try it for free, people. Okay? Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. All right, now that we've uh, read our sponsors, uh, we'll get to our final thoughts. (sighs) Man, it's not even chills that I had when she was telling the story. It was just like, like I said, I just literally felt like a mass creeping up to like my throat. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk when the time comes. She, I mean, and she, it it was so vivid too, like the way that she was describing everything. You can almost like see it, and you know, I I didn't want to interrupt her because it was just, I, I mean, dude, I, I I'm like at a loss for words when it comes to that. Like it's just a, a wild experience that. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm honestly not even gonna try. It's uh, it's so impossible to imagine, and. It's it is crazy like hearing someone recount that and the details just like yeah. the the specific details of the the Sesame Street blanket um the people in tuxes are like looking at you like you're like yeah. an animal as you're right. walking through and just these things that your mind captures that that don't leave you um when you're in such a heightened state it's also just like you know the part that was like getting to me is you know you leave the concert and, and think about how many times she got to a place where she thought 
this is safe. And then she's like, this isn't safe. It's not good enough. And she had to keep believing. Mm-hmm. And she went to this room and other people in the room, she's like, this isn't it. And then she went to another place and then she went to another place. And then she finally got into that room and then they barricaded the door. You know, like you, you, your mind just does crazy things. And, and, and who knows what the possibilities could have been because I mean, dude, it's just, I, I just, yeah. And to like look in hindsight and like now that we know, what happened and where the shots were coming from and how the whole thing played out. It's like when she was telling that story, I almost just want to be like, like I wish it was like the Sims or something like just take you, just move you here. You'll be safe over here. But like when you're on the ground in that situation, you just don't know. Like yeah, you have no idea what, what this threat is, where it's coming from, when yeah, it's you could end. be running right towards it and yeah. you don't know. And that's like one of the scariest parts. And, and then I think, you know, going through the, um, casino, and then she said, "Someone said someone's in here." Like I would, right? Be, I would Spreading have lost information out of fear, panic, yeah. uncertainty, and people being trampled. Now I have to worry about people also running in fear for their lives that are behind me, and it's just I, I don't even know how. Like what what a what a crazy story, man! It, it's 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 crazy. I, I would have never left that room, by the way. Which one, the hotel room? Yeah, I would well, have stayed. First there. of all, the fact that they hit that 15th floor she said and there's a man standing there what at the same bag. time that they go up yeah that has a room key on that floor that's pretty amazing the, yeah. the timing of that to just at least find some sort of comfort and safety in in that room yeah man and then even then when you get into the room it's like this room is we have to barricade the door because your mind's like what about if someone's just kicking doors in you know you don't know you don't know what's what's happening it's just it's terrifying I would have stayed in that room for until the cops came and got me. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's, you know, like we said in the beginning, it's just, it's such a sad reality that so many people have gone through something similar to what she has gone through. And it's sad that, you know, now in so many instances, you know, she was saying like she's at a concert at that time, gunshots are going off, she thinks fireworks are going off. And it's just like, even since those events it's it has not gotten better like i feel like we're right. at a place now where you're at a concert and fireworks go off you think gunshots are going off, right and that's that's the saddest part about all of this um but yeah i mean it's it's good that you know she's obviously finding some help i think that advice it's okay to not be okay is incredible um you know especially something just of that level of trauma like it's you're not going to be healed instantly and it's you know pretending you're okay with everything is i'm sure not going to help so i I thought that was really cool yeah and just the fact that she's uh, just the fact that she's able to talk about it and like kind of recount all like the entire night and kind of bring us through that whole thing like now i feel like i have a better understanding of what it was like you know there at, at, at this at this thing and then in a way you know it could you know potentially sort of influence how you act in a situation like that just from hearing the story yeah you know so it's it's just man i never like i never thought i would ever speak to someone who went through something like that you know what i mean yeah no it just never crossed my mind from every conversation we had and and that that's just literally just like you know you think about how many people 
dude, I, I'm just at a loss for words. I'm trying to like put into words like what I'm saying, but I'm just very thankful for this show and the fact that like podcasting exists and like telephones because I would never be able to hear this perspective before like ever because the amount of people that you know survive something like this or go through something like exactly like this like isn't that high compared to like the 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 majority of the world and now that and now we're able to kind of put it out there for people to understand on like a pretty decent scale of being like this is exactly what it's like to be like a survivor of a mass shooting and like this is how like cr crazy and scary it can be it's just it's just it's just wild man I, I just i don't even know what i'm saying to be honest with you i don't it's just i feel you i get what you're saying i'm i'm still honestly i'm at a loss for words um i mean i i don't think there's much more for us to say i think you know the like we said in the beginning the point of this is you know here's someone that is able to kind of showcase their experience and and what they went through um, so really, really grateful for her, uh, for, you know, being brave enough to, to even share that story with so many people. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, if you have something, a story or a unique whatever about yourself, uh, definitely reach out to us, head to OPLshow.com slash contact and send us an email and we'll schedule something and, uh, get it going. Yep, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We have video clips now at OPL Podcast, so check that out. Twitter at OPL Show. Uh, leave a rating and a review. And you know, like she said, it seems like such a simple message, but you really, uh, you know, you never know when this can all end. So you gotta do the things that you want to do and enjoy it. Yep, and that is all. We'll see you guys next time. Mm -hmm.